Dear Tyler, good morning. And how are you doing? I hope you're fine. I hope you're good. I hope your weekend was nice and fun. Mine was particularly stressful. Very, very stressful. So I'm even recording this now, just kind of like kneeling down, <laughs> trying to find a very comfortable position. I had an extremely, extremely long, long weekend. Sadly, there were a lot of things that I wanted to do that I couldn't achieve, but it's fine. We'll use this week to kind of like tidy up things and then preparing for elections also. So it should be time to be able to do some stuff, but I really hope you've been fine. Yeah, like I said in the last episode that I released on Thursday, you know, I said that um, these two episodes would be more of me like speaking because um, I just felt like there were some certain things that needed to be addressed. That was one. And then number two, still searching for one or two resource persons, trying to get feedback from them about some certain stuff. So hopefully Thursday's episode will be another interview with either a couple or an individual that should be able to bring some level of variety yeah, to it. So, uh, when I was, you know, you know, last episode was about no pressure. And um, while I was, you know, doing that, I was thinking about, okay, what to really just address on Monday. They're like a myriad of thoughts that I have, right? So just having to choose which one. And I was reminded of, well, a thought that was shared um, way back while I was in Zaria. So a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Kenny Omole, you know, we're talking about the, the story of the, you know, the woman at the well. The woman that went, met Jesus at the well. Okay. And I think I, I I, laid a little foundation on it on maybe last episode or even some episodes back. And, you know, he was just sharing about how, you know, the woman came, Jesus was talking to her, and, you know, Jesus gave word of knowledge, said that you have had five husbands and this person you're staying with now is not your husband and all. And Pastor Ken was like, um, Jesus was speaking as the seventh husband to her, the perfection that she needed. And I don't know, you know, when he said it then, it was, it was deep. I was like, oh my God, that's like a very deep thought. But I would not say that I particularly kept it to heart. Right, it wasn't something that I would say I remembered. Right, I remembered. It was only recently that I actually remembered it. I think I was having a discussion with a friend, you know, um, or working on some music projects like that. I was having um, a discussion with him, and then I told him about the concept. And it was while I was discussing about the concept that um, the thought came to me about what Pastor Kenny said pardon all those years and instantly I realized that 
this would have been an amazing, amazing thought. Now, I think a lot of things that triggered it for me is, um, I've had it very... I've had some very dramatic instances on relationships, right? Um, I don't know if I ever shared about my relationships, um, but I've been in in quite a few. Um, the the people involved, I won't say that they were wrong, maybe like wrong choices or so. Um, I won't say that they were bad. Um, everybody has their their issues, right? We're, we're all dealing with stuff. We're humans. We are we are fallible, right? And if not for the grace and the mercy of God, a lot of us um, that are being celebrated now will probably be the first set of people in trouble, right? The grace and the mercy of God really covers up a lot of our faults, a lot of our faults, a lot of our weaknesses. And it is in our remaining submitted to God that we tend to enjoy this benefit, right? Like I said, for the lack of a better word or lack of a better statement. And so I've I've had my fair share of relationships. Um, you know, some good, some bad, some... I still get to talk to them. You know, we relate once in a while. Some, we've lost absolute communication. And one of the things that happens when you've entered into multiple relationships is the fact that each relationship, whether good or bad, it leaves an imprint. Some could be an imprint, another could be a scar. Some could be an imprint, another could be a scar. And that's the honest truth. Especially if there was a breakup, it usually leads to a scar. If there was like a proper mutual understanding, you know, okay, um, you call it off and all, you just end it. It's not as devastating or traumatizing, right? So I can I can mention a lot, and you know, a lot of the people have been like the more mature ones because they're the ones that kind of like even keep contact. I'm the kind of person that I don't like to be... I, I, I feel like after a breakup, my consistent speaking to you is is a... You know, it's, it's like me making you revisit pain. And I personally don't like that. Especially if I'm not initiated the breakup. So I have. I've initiated breakups before. Um, but like I said a lot of them have been the mature ones you know they keep on reaching out in fact some of them because like they're basically all married and you know some of them keep on just encouraging me that I know being guys fine don't worry you'll find somebody you know very very amazing people I I truly respect them but like I said if you've had multiple relationships there's a tendency that you could be scarred and I think that maybe that's what happened to the woman at the well. Imagine having five husbands. But staying with somebody that's not your husband is like the lowest of the lows. 
there's something that happens to you that you feel like you do not deserve good. Again, you just deserve what is available. Especially when you've gone through that cycle, right? Um, the thought of having something good is almost like, nah, there's no point. You get because you think about what they did to you and probably what you also did to them, right? It's it's like it's like that repeated um, emotion, that cycle of pain, consistent pain, consistent pain. And so, I had to fight a lot of emotions, right? And and I'm sure a lot of us might have fought a lot of emotions. I don't think I've had it that bad. You, you can think of people that have already been engaged. You know, the the public is aware of your engagement. They're working on the marriage plans and all. And then all of a sudden it gets called off and then they're like, hey, um, I thought that you guys were getting married or something. We saw your proposal pictures and, and everything. And then you now have to start telling them that I didn't work out. And then people be asking you, like, how did you get to that point where you could even agree to get married to somebody and then nothing really worked out and all? It can be really hard. And, you know, like I said, the challenge is that people within this certain experience gradually begin to lose value for themselves. It kind of like ties up with what I said last week. The whole pressure would make you want to make an emotional decision. Like, oh, I just want to be settled. Or I just want to have be in a relationship. I just want to be in in something that maybe gives me a certain level of uh, meaning, a certain level of relevance, a certain level of value. Though we just put ourselves in a whole lot of trouble. So think about the woman at the well. Think about all that she went through. Only God knows what happened to her. Five previous husbands. One could have been, you know, one could have died. Um, or she might have had more than one death in her marriage. One could have just left her. You know, one could have divorced her for whatever reason. Um, one could have been emotional and physical abuse, whatever it is. But imagine five different stories. Imagine five different stories in in one person's life. And all of them are marriage stories, union stories. So for those of us that are in a relationship, you know, and we just broke up or something, and, and you know, we're feeling pain. I don't think our pain can be equated to hers imagine if she lost two husbands she had to bury two of her husbands maybe so we see her um, coming to fetch water at the well so there's a probability that she didn't have kids probably she didn't have kids maybe Womb got damaged and then one husband left. Do you understand? There, there are too many, too many things that could have occurred. And maybe right now she was just in this man's house, the sixth person's house. 
you know, the person didn't want to commit, but at least the person was relieving or, you know, giving her some needed emotional relief. Needed emotional relief. And so she, she could have just been managing the whole situation. Now, definitely I wasn't there and I don't have the details. The details were not given to us. So there are a lot of speculations there. And on the strength of those speculations is where I'm speaking from. But then somebody comes up and presents himself in such a manner that she had never known before. And she goes back rejoicing. So just imagine the stigma that she might have had. Imagine if all the five husbands and the sixth one that she was with, the sixth guy that she was with, imagine if all of them were in the same location. Do you know what it means for you to live? Do you know what it means for you to live under such an atmosphere? Do you know what it means for you to live under such a system under such an environment like everybody knows your story so hey like ah this woman very unfortunate in marriage very unfortunate in marriage ah it's like her village people which are the people in her community it's like her village people are after her or something and then um to be like hmm can you imagine she's even staying with somebody that is not legally her husband I'm sure the guy doesn't want to marry her because probably if he marries her now he, he, will, he will die or something you get or a, a string of unfortune would follow him something like that and so you could you could I, I believe you could also sense her her very secluded nature her, her solitude in the fact that she came to fetch water alone if you if you um, follow like Jewish tradition and even like in Old Testament recounts, you'd find out that when ladies were going to fetch water, they went in groups. Right? And so you'd see the story of um, Rebecca, Rebecca, yes, you know, going to fetch water. There were other ladies there. She was the one that decided to um, give water to Abraham's servant's camels. Then you see the story of Moses, you know, um, how he met Zipporah, you know, the whole encounter there. And so, you know, just generally there was this um, communal approach, right? So for her to come alone, it showed that maybe she really didn't have a lot of friends or friends or people that wanted to relate with her Right? Because, you know, it's like, how would I, you know, my status as a person, the scene relating to such a person like that, it, it shows maybe I condone her attitude or condone her, the, the, her personality or we don't want the influence of her life, you know, the, the dictates of her life to influence her own reality and everything. So just imagine what this woman went through. But after an encounter with Jesus... After an encounter with Jesus, this woman boldly went to proclaim every sense of shame, 
every sense of guilt, every sense of worthlessness left. Because she encountered a love that transformed and changed her life. Now I know that this story basically hinges on the fact of what salvation does for us. But I still believe that it's also a sense of encouragement, a source of encouragement rather, to a whole lot of us. I don't know what relationship journey you've gone through. But Tyler, I want you to believe that there is that one person that will come that would erode and change every sense of shame and guilt that you've experienced. A lot of us may want to hide and not let people know about certain things, but somebody would step into your life that would change your perspective about life totally. Or some of us might have been in an abusive relationship and we feel like, ah, we can't get the, the right person. Somebody would come and change that story. In fact, it would be you would become the beacon of hope. You would be the entrance point for other people to believe that stories can change. Just like Jesus walked into that lady's life as the seventh man, that perfection that she needed. Somebody would walk into your life, Tyler, and change the whole narrative. I'd never forget one of the testimonies that we heard in Koinonia. It left a, a big, a big impression in me. It left a big, mighty, mighty impression in me. The, the lady married into her late 30s. And then, you know, like, imagine you're already into your late 30s and somehow God provided a husband. And while they were doing the only God knows how many relationships she had been in she didn't make mention of it but I believe that somebody like that would have gone through quite a few and while they were and while they were preparing you know doing all of their medicals they found out that she was HIV positive now imagine the trauma that you would have it's like finally Lord you brought somebody to me somebody that loves me in my in code in and out of code right in my old age <laughs> and then we're preparing to get married and all of a sudden I find out that I'm HIV positive now we don't know there were no like I'm not sure there was any indication of whether there was foul play at some point but there was HIV in her body and she told the guy and the guy said okay no problem that he'll marry her but that they will stay together and trust God for her healing and she said based on the testimony they got married and they trusted God that the man didn't you know sleep with her till throughout all that period 
and then God did the miracle and she was free from HIV. Now imagine having that kind of man. Some people say, hey, it does not exist, but that's her testimony. And you know, that that's how it happens with people's lives. They'll be like, hey, these kind of people don't exist. This God that we serve, Tyler, is a good father. And trust me, you cannot imagine the great people he's molding. You cannot imagine the great people he's molding. Oh, I've heard stories of, of single mothers getting married and then the people that they got married to take these children as their own. It would look like who would marry a single mother or who would marry a single father or who would marry somebody without a womb or who would marry somebody that has fertility issues or who would marry somebody that has health challenge the doctor diagnosed that I have five years to live. Who would marry somebody like that? Who would marry somebody without a job? Who would marry somebody without education? Who would mar- Do you understand? All of those things that might have been used as um, attack points in your previous relationships. These are things that people hold dearly and say that it would be an honor and a privilege. I find it precious to midwife such a story and to midwife such a miracle in the making. Dear Tyler, I want you to believe in that lucky number seven. I want you to believe in that lucky number seven. If you're still breathing and if God is still God, then that 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 person is still there and trust God trust God don't allow pressure make you take um, or don't allow pressure cause you to make decisions that would only give you short lived um, happiness Don't get to that point. Don't get to that point. You know, I just keep on... Personally, like I said, this is me. I'm not hiding anything. I tell myself the truth and I'm like, hey, Binga, don't worry. You'd really, really marry somebody that is amazing. It would just be perfect. And it would be like every pain that you might have experienced or every traumatic um, occurrence, this person's presence would wipe it away. Wipe it. You know, take it off so believe there's a portion of scripture that says that none shall lack a mate none will lack a mate none will lack a mate that's big oh. that's a big promise from God none will lack a mate uh, it's something that I think we should you know hold on to hold on to None will lack your mate. I'm actually trying to search for it so that you can use it as a proper reference. But that's a promise that God has given. God has promised that none will lack her mate. Right. And so I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged, Tyler. God is... God is a God of goodness. 
So, Isaiah 34, verse 15 and 16, let me read it. There, sh- there shall the great owl make her nest, and lay, and hatch, and gather under her shadow. There shall the vultures also be gathered, everyone with her mate. Seek ye out, this verse 16 now, seek ye out of the book of the Lord, and read, No one of these shall fail, none shall want a mate, for my mouth, for my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit it hath gathered them. Right? Now, in context, you may be talking about birds or something more, you know, um, prophetic. Um, I just changed the translation. It said, study and read from the book of the Lord, and not one will be missing. Each will not long for its mate. Now, if God can be this particular about the animals, imagine you, Tyler. Trust God for your lucky number seven. Trust God for your lucky number seven. I'm trusting God for it. I'm trusting God for it soon. And I promise when it happens, I'll definitely pull you guys on the journey of it. Right? But I really hope that this encourages you. So can we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you because your words for us are true. And everything that you've written in scripture seems to capture a lot of our concerns in life. And so, Father, I pray for each and every one of us that have gone through some emotional roller coaster when it comes to relationships, even if it's down to marriage or whatever endeavor it may be. Heavenly Father, we ask for grace and the patience to wait and trust you for that lucky number seven. You're a God that brings us the best. You bring help needs for each and every one of us. And so, Lord, we stand and we believe in you, that you will help us. Help us, Father, not to be irrational in our decisions. Help us not to be irrational, O God, or emotional, O God, in our actions. Thank you, Father, because each and every one of us trusting you for such a beautiful home would come out with testimonies, and that would happen quickly. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. So I really hope that this episode blessed you, Tyler. I really, really do hope it did. So yeah, this is me signing out. Um, Remember that I love you. I believe in you. And I'm always rooting for you. Do well to share this episode with other people. I believe it will bless them. Do take care, Tyler. Bye.